Welcome to Cleaning Business Life. My name is Shannon Miller, and I am your host and founding member of Clean Freaks University. This show is sponsored by the Structure, Scale, and Profit Cleaning Business Academy, my signature program. And I'm also joined by my co-host, Kimberly Gonzalez, inventor extraordinaire of Pure Evergreen Cleaning Products. Kim, take it away. Go, Cammy. Go, Cammy. It's your birthday. No, not until November. So God. <laughs> I woke up to the house this morning, Shannon, because we have a whole house fan since our air conditioning doesn't work. So we put the house fan on because it was cool. I woke up and it was a beautiful, crisp 59 degrees in our house. I was like, oh, I love it. Fall is in the air. I definitely can feel it. For those of you who don't know, poor Kimberly has gone without air conditioning all summer long because air conditioning units now are like 25 grand. Thank you, inflation. I know. Where I've been sweating and I hide in my basement. And so when we welcome the fall weather, I will welcome it. Just as long as it doesn't get too cold for winter because then we'll be without a heater. So, right. um, but thank you guys for joining us. Like I said, fall is in the air, at least here in Colorado. I don't know about Arizona and Florida, but definitely can feel the difference. I've been having migraines, so I know that the pressure is changing. Um, but we are here and we're going to talk about today about commercial versus residential versus biohazard cleaning. Um, we are going to talk about the biohazard ST cleaning and construction cleaning on another, I should say, we're going to talk about the STR cleaning and construction cleaning on next week. And we're going to be focusing on that. So Shannon and I are going to be able to help navigate you guys for what you want to specialize in. I know when I first started, you know, you kind of want to tip your toes into every little thing and you're going to find out that maybe you don't like everything. Um, So yeah, today we're going to focus on the commercial residential and biohazard cleaning. So Um, what what Kimberly is trying to tell you, and sometimes I'm long winded myself, is that mm-hmm. there are there are five um, major types of cleanings that you should focus in on when you're in your first year of business. You really should only focus in on two of the actual cleaning genres until you become more proficient and seasoned in what you're doing. Um, I see a lot of people take on jobs that they're just not ready for, and it can be, excuse my friends, a shit show. And mm-hmm. um, and then, and then it becomes a hard lesson, right? Because then you've underbid it, you've gotten overwhelmed, you end up getting sick because you didn't have the right PPE. Uh, a lot of things go on. <laughs> so yeah. just but just kind of go by our guidelines and take it from us because we have done, we've done those things. <laughs> oh, the stories. Definitely. Um, so I know the first one that we want to talk about, and a lot of you guys probably already do, and I've already started, is the residential cleaning. And what is residential cleaning? Residential cleaning is when you go into homes and you clean their homes and it's usually a deep clean, a move out clean, first time cleaning, um, and then you get them on a regular schedule. So monthly cleaning, bi-weekly or bi-weekly, if you want to call it that way, um, and weekly cleanings. Um, I don't know about you, Shannon, but with my business, I did start with, I did do monthly cleanings and then I slowly weeded them out because I was getting more and more people that were wanting weekly cleanings. And I was making more money doing the weekly cleanings versus the the monthly cleanings. And, and and residential cleaning, let's be honest here. Residential, when you have regular clients, reoccurring clients, it's income. income all of the time. Where yeah. if you have like a move out cleaning, that's seasonal. People don't typically move in the winter unless something went wrong, right? Unless it's Florida. Yeah, unless it's Florida, then you guys move all around because it's just the way it is, right? Uh, <laughs> Or it could be the mass exodus to Florida from all the other places. Yeah. I don't, we're going to see 
how that works out. <laughs> so, yeah. So like you just have to figure out what you guys want to do, what you want to specialize in. Um, one of the things with residential cleaning, you definitely want to have is an insurance. You want to have insurance for all, obviously all of the cleaning types that you want to work in. But when you're in somebody's home, they trust that you're going to have insurance because you never know what can happen. You can break stuff. You can break an antique. You can fall through the back, the, you know, glass windows. You can fall down the stairs. I've heard numerous stories of people not vacuuming properly and they fall off the stairs and they twist their ankle, they break their foot, have insurance, you guys. Yes, general liability. And if you have W-2s, workman's comp, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I still have a couple of monthlies, but the only reason why I've kept them on is because my price point is high enough for me to make money off of it. Mm -hmm. um, that is an alternative if you don't want to weed out your monthlies. But I'm thinking that next year, I'm going to probably weed out the rest of the monthlies and I'll just sell them to um, a cleaning tech who wants them um, because there, it is more regular revenue when you have weekly, biweekly or um, weekly, biweekly and or move in initial cleanings, move out cleanings. Um, so uh, there is a big stipulation over when you get a client, should I take the keys off of my clients? I can tell you I've done both sides. It is easier to leave the keys on site than it is to manage a whole bunch of keys Offsite, um, then you have to ch you have to chase the ch the keys down. So you need to have a key policy in place if you do decide to keep them, and have you have to keep up. them in a secured locked box. There's a filing system. There's management involved. Where um, which that's what we actually did initially, and then we transitioned. So basically, what I would do if you're a weekly client and you were never home, I would go on Amazon. I would drop ship a lock box on it. I would add it on to their bill plus a small convenience fee. And then they had control of the realtor box or handyman box or whatever you're calling them. They're about, I don't know, 30 or 40 bucks. Yeah. And that way, they, if, you know, the cleaner changes or they don't want us to have service with them anymore, they take their keys back. The lockbox is yours. You're not chasing lockbox all over town. And it just makes it way easier. Um, I don't, same deal with garage codes. I, I you know, garage codes are kind of iffy. Um sometimes garage coach codes change. That's why you need to have, you know, that a policy in your place. System. Yep. Um, because if you, if they change the the key lockbox and they forget to tell you and your person shows up, they're still expecting to get paid. So um, make sure that you have that policy in place as well. Yeah. I did a lot of the realtor boxes. That was like my game changer. Mm -hmm. um, I had clients that hid keys, but again, you never know what if you go to the wrong house and I've heard stories of this, you go to the wrong house and you pick the key under the mat and you go in there and you clean. And this person doesn't have a house cleaning company. So you just clean their house for free. I've seen that. I've seen that so many times. Have you seen that before? Actually, just recently in um, the other large group that we're in, um, someone went in and cleaned the wrong house. Those, Michael, hopefully bless those hearts, people. They, like, yeah. they got, came home and their house was like, woo, man, a cleaning fairy did show. There is such thing as a cleaning fairy. Right. And then hopefully they got a five-star review out of it at least to compensate because <laughs> we know how much those are worth. And they still um, have to go to the other house to clean. Right. And it becomes a whole thing. <laughs> the one customer is uh, pissed off because, you know, your cleaning tech didn't show. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's a lot of benefits for having regular maintenance clients. That's um, Regular maintenance cleanings, you'll hear us throw that around. Top to bottom deluxe cleanings, move in, move out cleanings. Those are the cleanings that you should really focus on initially when you are brand new to the industry 
Please mm-hmm. do not come to us after you've done a post-construction cleaning and go, how much should I have charged? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, it, it puts everybody on the spot. It gives uh, the person an opportunity to stick it to you. Then you're chasing money. Then there's a negotiation process because in their mind, they had $300 and in actuality, it was a $1,000 cleaning. It, it just becomes a problem. So price should always be discussed first and foremost. And those are the ones I would focus on initially. And then after you've done several hundred regular maintenance cleanings and top to bottom deluxe cleanings, then I meals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then we always, Shannon and I talk about this probably several times a day to people, have an agreement put in place, you guys, have an agreement put in place for your clients, knowing what is expected, like for us in the snow to have the driveways plowed and the sidewalks, the sidewalks plowed. That is on our agreement. So have your agreements. Shannon offers this, you guys. Um, you can reach out to her and she offers it for uh, a fee, a small price. I don't even know what the price is. I'm sorry, Shannon. I'm really bad at your prices. I have, okay. too, many, I have too many numbers to remember. It's but okay. Reach it's, out. Um, it's reach on out my website. Yep. Definitely. Clean Freaks University. That's K-L-E-A-N-F-R-E-A-K-S university.com. I sell all kinds of digital products just catered for the cleaning business industry here. Definitely. So yeah. If you guys are needing an agreement and you want it done professionally, reach out to Shannon and go to her website. Um, Agreements have been used even in court. So um, they're pretty solid. Yep. So, (laughs) and then we talked about like the benefits of cleaning, like you get paid daily. Right. So So regular income. (laughs) Yes. And guys, just so you know, let me make this clear. If you guys take Venmo or if you take any other cash apps, they have to pay you before you even step foot in the door. So soon, either as soon as you step foot in that door, they have to have a little cha-ching sound or anything else. Do not wait for that money, you guys. I repeat, do not wait for that money. We hear yeah. it and we see it. How many times a day, Shannon? I can't even count. I don't have enough fingers to count with how many times we see it. It's crazy that you guys are doing business in earnest and you have clients who are not doing business in earnest. If you get, a, um, if you use an app, and without getting um, capturing the information, um, you leave yourself open for non-payment or the mm-hmm. renegotiation, the dreaded renegotiation because you left a hair. I mean, we both saw that post that one girl had to go back in because there was a hair and it ended up not being a hair. It was milk spilled from her baby. And so she had to go back to get paid because she Venmoed part of the money and then ignored her for several days. So it's a psychological abuse too. So then she had yep. to go back in and and touch up the milk that she didn't leave. <laughs> that yep. So take a check. Yeah. Or I've seen posts where you guys, guys, I've seen posts where they will go clean and then they don't get paid. And then they go back and clean another, you know, the following week, if it's a weekly mm-hmm. or biweekly and they clean again and they don't get paid and they still go back. Why are you guys going back? Don't go back. If they didn't pay you the first time, don't right. go back period, because more than likely they're not going to pay you. So, and you're, Lots you're not scammers out there. Unfortunately, it's awful. They don't value your time. They don't value your business. They don't value your money. So make sure they have a check left for you guys. Or if you have an app, have them pay on the app or have them pay you the time that you arrive. And if it's payment is not there, what do you guys need to do? No cleaning, no money, no, no, no. cleaning. You go. Bye-bye. <laughs> Catch you on the next round. See y'all.
I'll be charging <laughs> you a $50 fee since you like, or full pay, you know, right. since Short you weren't, fees. you didn't let me pay. Yep, exactly. So the best part about residential is that you guys do get paid the day of cleaning and you get to build that great relationship with clients. I love Shannon's stories with a lot of her older ladies that she has built that relationship over times over the times. And I love the relationships that I have built with my clients and just seeing their family grow, even from a new couple and then them having babies and more babies. And I've gotten to be with those babies and those little babies like to follow me around. And it's just neat to building those relationships. So that's the benefits of um, residential cleaning. Right. And I, I agree. Building relationships um, makes them feel comfortable to give you um, word of mouth referrals. Yeah. Um, then you get, you know, then there's Christmas tips. There's a lot of benefit to it. It's um, it's a very human industry that we're in. I know a lot of the big people like Amazon and some of the other bigger entities have tried to do housekeeping and they always, and everyone freaks out because, oh my God, Amazon's going to do it. They always fall flat on their face because why? House cleaning is a human element. It yep. is a human-based business. There, You can't take the human out of cleaning. This isn't the Jetsons. We don't have Rosie running around popping out meals and dusting at 90 nope. miles an hour um, without knocking anything over. It's just not, it, I don't know if we'll ever achieve that. But for now, enjoy what we have and really establish relationships with your clients. Now, I'm not saying you unload um, sometimes we see people on Facebook and they air all of their laundry on Facebook. They don't, your clients don't want to see that. No, <laughs> it's just polite, cordial, professionalism. None of my, <laughs> none of my clients were on my Facebook. I really right. kept it separate, um, because it's my private life versus my business life. And I still had a relationship with them, but I set those boundaries up and it's okay to set boundaries up. You guys with your, your clients, even if you're close to them, still have those boundaries in place. Yes, because then there is always the inevitable overstepping. Like if I cross that threshold and there's no going back. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you lots of stories about that. <laughs> um, the next one is commercial cleaning, you guys. And I, I will say I really enjoyed commercial cleaning. Um, quiet. It's quiet. You get, I mean. They're not can, demanding. Yeah, you work at night. Um you know, it, you can have it be daily. A lot of the commercial cleanings, especially for the bigger buildings, want daily cleaning, emptying the trash, bathrooms, you know, desk, all that stuff to be clean, floors. And then they have, they offer weekly and monthly are just the most common ones. Um, and Shannon, you know about the cleaning contracts, right? We'll be back after a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Right. So it's always encouraged, especially by me, to have a cleaning contract. If you get someone who's new or has a small business, they might not have had a cleaning contract. Usually mm -hmm. government um, commercial contracts already have their own contracts. So you have to agree to certain terms and conditions. But you need to have a contract that states um, what exactly is going to be cleaned because yep. verbally what you and I say 
isn't actually going to be what the, cause in their mind, they're thinking you're going to give them a deep cleaning every, every day or every week or whatever it is, where in actuality, you're going to have an initial clean that you should charge for at top dollar. And then you're going to have a commercial rate, which would be much lower. But if you're doing a building several times a week, not everything is going to get cleaned. Everything is going to be yeah. on rotation. And then certain exactly. key areas will be cleaned daily. Like the bathrooms always get cleaned. Um, the foyer, when you walk in where it's, you know, especially if you live in an area that has snow or sand, that's always going to get cleaned. So you have to think about what it is you're agreeing to. And a lot of times as we're seeing right now, there, there isn't the workforce to cover for all of these things. They don't, they have it as a line item. I've mentioned this more than once. Um, they have a line item for cleaning, but it's some poor janitor who's 89, who should have retired 10 years ago. (laughs) <laughs> because they can't find anybody else, yep. right? So they have poor Bob out there doing his thing at 89 years old at $15 an hour. And that's the mentality of what payment is for some of these people. And that's not the reality. Mm-mm. If you have a legitimate business where you have insurance and ad costs and payroll taxes and software to go to make it for automation, it's expensive to be in a legitimate business. So you got to charge top dollar. and it, But it's this like kind of wrestling in a small elevator thing right now. You're just kind of trying to fit in and figure out what you're doing to expand. And people, I had it happen the other day, not with commercial, but a residential 3,100 square feet came here from San Juan Capistrano, wanted to have a move-in cleaning. And I, when I told her the price, she choked. (laughs) It's just like, you know, you probably sold your house for three or $4 million, came out here, bought three or four houses, I don't, you know, have a lot of sympathy because she's like, well, it's supposed to be cheaper to live there. I'm like, you clearly didn't do your research. Sorry. Exactly. I'm sorry. It's (laughs) close to the same price. I know I was looking at prices at um, Prescott, you know, and then versus Colorado. Right. And we're right at the same now. Like it's not Mm -hmm. even, and Colorado used to be way more money. Right. So we've caught up. We have caught up for sure. Um, something that you guys definitely, I, I, and Shannon knows that I'm a planner and I like to stockpile and I like to have my nest egg. Cause I always talk about that, you know, with my business, I waited till I had 10 grand before I got employees and stuff. But one thing I highly, highly recommend for commercial cleaning, you guys is if you guys need to, you guys need to have a nest egg because you don't know what the pay is. The pay can be net 30. It could be net 60. It could be net 90, depending on the size of the office. So if you are going to go do, I wanted to go do this huge building. Um, I don't even remember the square feet. I just remember, I think it was like 15,000 square feet. It was huge. And I knew that my pay would not come for 60 days. So net pay. So I knew that I had to plan ahead of time and have my nest egg. So guys have to make sure you guys have your nest egg. So if you do have employees, just be able to cover all the employees, you know, depending on what the net is, if it's going to be net 30, 60 or 90, make sure you guys have that money saved aside to pay your employees because your employees still have to be paid. And I personally, considering today's times, would not take anything that's over a net 30 um, for yes. a lot of reasons, unless it's a really large project I was working on and I had an established relationship with them. And I would always get a credit card to keep on file. So when they forgot to pay me, I could at least, you know, yep. do that, at least to compensate. But you do have to float a lot of labor. So when they come in and say, I have this project, I want you to do that. And you start to calculate how many labor hours is going to be over a succession of time. Your employee is not going to be able to wait to get paid. Exactly. So you do need to have a nest egg. But I do not recommend that you go up, up beyond 30 days. It's ridiculous. 
in today's instantaneous cashless society that they are pushing so hard, I'm actually thinking about offering a cash discount <laughs> because we need to keep cash in our economy. We really do. We won't even talk about the stuff behind that, but um, it really is important that you um, prepare and that you, um, the most important thing after what gets, what's supposed to get cleaned is when you get paid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it needs to be on time. I spoke with someone who had several large apartment commercial buildings and at the time she was 180 days behind and she was paying her, she worked a full-time job and had a cleaning crew and she was actually paying the apartment buildings to clean these areas because they had, they kept switching, you know, the, they would sell the building and then they would sell the building again. So she's over there trying to track down the money. She ended up eating the money. It was like 78 grand. Jeez. And I was like, it was a big ouch. I mean, like tears on the phone with this individual who on blind faith took it upon that she was going to get paid. And they just kept giving her the runaround, take control of the situation. No one goes yep. over a thousand bucks in my business after a thousand bucks, you need to pay or you don't get any more. <laughs> who is the boss, Shannon? We have to keep interrupting. Who yep. is the boss? Totally. You guys are the you boss. Are the they boss. are not the boss. So don't let them tell you what to do and how to do it. And no, you guys need to be the boss of your business. You need to set down your boundaries, your rules and how you're going to be paid set that down. That makes me, it's sorry. It's on my soapbox because I see so many of this. Um, keys, keys are different in this situation. Yes, they are. You need to have keys. <laughs> sorry, you guys. Or key so fob. You are and responsible you for them. <laughs> and you've got an alarm system to go on top of it. Totally. And you better be quick on that alarm system. Oh, Cause if you get a phone call, you get a spanking on the hand and possibly a fine. Oh, the, one of the buildings I did for a commercial clean, it was like completely like the door would be right here. And then I, like, it'd be the entrance of the door and the, the, no joke, the alarm code would be all the way to the very back of the building. So I would literally open the keys, drop all my stuff and I would sprint to the thing and I'd be so paranoid. So here I am trying to push the buttons and I'm panicking. And then of course the alarm goes off because you know why I pushed the wrong code in. Right. So know your codes. Because there's stressful. different codes for each building. There is. It, it is stressful and um, make that a stipulation too in your contract um, and make sure what the rules are. Because in some cities, if you make the alarm go off in the larger cities, they actually find the company for a false alarm yep. and then they end up will, will end up billing you. So make sure it's something that you are comfortable handling and that your person who goes is comfortable handling. Um, you'd actually be surprised in today's world how many businesses don't have an alarm system. It blows me away. <laughs> there are no don't no alarm to deal with. I'm like, oh, no problem. Um, so there's that aspect as well. Uh, asking if there's a janitorial closet is a big one yep. because nothing is worse in the middle of winter of trying to jimmy a dustpan from the bathroom sink into your mop bucket and you want to make sure that they're using clean water. And if they have to work too hard at getting clean water, they're not going to, <laughs> they're going to mop it with all dirty water. <laughs> uh, and then I know a lot of places, depending on where you are and how big the size is, sometimes you are responsible for provi uh, providing the supplies, you know, do you have to provide the toilet paper, the trash bags? Do you buy all that stuff? Um, there was a nonprofit that, I got asked to do, and I think that one was, I want to say maybe 25,000 square feet. It was a huge nonprofit building with other nonprofit buildings built in. And that was part of the stipulation that I would provide all that stuff up front and then they would reimburse me. Yeah, so, government contracts are usually that way. Yep. So just know that the different, depending on the different jobs that you have to be prepared for that too. 
Yeah, what is it? It's paper, plastic, liquid. Paper, paper plastic, plastic liquid. liquid. <laughs> and there's another one. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I those are either. the ones that you need to ask. You know, are you supplying the, uh, it's easier if they supply it rather than you have to, you know, drop ship it to their, um, their mm-hmm. area, because what they'll do is they'll just toss it into the janitorial closet. People will step on it or, um, those types yeah. of things. Or if they have a janitorial closet and you, because you're there three times a week, you leave a kit there for the cleaner. Make sure you have a key to lock it. Make sure you have a key to lock it. Cause what will happen <clears> is the employees <throat> will go in and they'll use all your stuff and they'll throw it all around. Or yep. if you are responsible for supplying paper, plastic, liquid, and I can't remember, sanitizer, I think is the sanitizer. other. Um, but it's, then you have to be careful too, because if you're paying, uh, if it's built into your price point, employees still toilet paper all the time. Yep. <laughs> think about that. <laughs> so oh, yeah, you're going to pay for everyone who works there to steal the toilet paper. It's really sad, but it's true. So before you guys even like, when you guys meet with them to talk to them about the commercial cleaning, make sure you guys ask them that big question, you know, will you guys be providing the supplies or are we providing them? And then we will, you know, you'll reimburse us with, you know, the pay. Right. So really make sure you ask that when you're going into a job, because that is huge. And I wouldn't settle on a fixed rate. We all saw in 2020 how much toilet paper was. Oh, yeah. So that should be a clause in your contract. And then there's different types of commercial cleaning. There's medical, there's automotive, there's yeah. warehouse, um, there's non-for-profit, there's places like Google that's all glass. Oh, I <laughs> got asked to do one building, like that it's too. Like, right? <laughs> I got <laughs> asked to do a it. commercial cleaning that was like glass everywhere. And I was like, eh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful, but it's a lot of work to maintain because you have people who will go, eh, <laughs> they just rub and, those and Shannon, yep, Shannon. If you could see Shannon right now, she's literally like pretending like she's licking her fingers and smearing her face and hands on the on the window just to give you guys a visual. <laughs> right. It's you. You just don't know um, what the behaviors of the people inside the building are going to be. So there's yeah. Make sure that you're understanding what type of commercial building that uh, there's actually grades of building like A through I think I believe it goes to F. Um, so there's, you know, sometimes old converted homes are in buildings. So that's actually yeah. a lower end commercial building, considering where if you have a Google building, it's going to be top premium, state of the art, whatever is going on in there. So make sure that you are trying to understand what exactly it is that you're, you're going into. Cleaning. Exactly. So that's this next thing. type of cleaning is we see this a lot, Shannon, and I've seen this daily. Um and it can be classified as many things, which is biohazard cleaning. Biohazard cleaning can be known as crime scene cleaning, uh, trauma scene cleanup. It can invite, um, you could also be part of hoarding. We talked a little bit about hoarding. It could be classified under that because biohazard is considered, um, hoarding is considered biohazard because you never know what you're going to be involved in. Yes. And, and really do your research before you take on a job like this. Some of these um, crime scene cleaning and trauma scene cleanups can be like 80 or 90 grand. They have to get special financing. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen before you come to the agreement to do a cleanup. And <clears throat> on your site, it can really impact you if you are not used to seeing that kind of stuff up close. Like it gives me goosebumps even talking about it. It's not something that I could ever take on it because I already have a vivid imagination. I could not, 
I'm just not a good candidate for something like that. And I know it. So if you take on something that you're like, it's going to be lucrative, just know that there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. They have to cut out walls. They have to pull carpet. There's a smell issue. Mattresses. There's an energy issue. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awful. It's not um, for the faint of heart, but yeah, some of those cleanings are 60, hundred grand, 200 grand, depending on what went down. Sometimes they have to pull the whole building down. Um, bathtubs, but, like people, yeah, you know, awful. we won't go into detail. Yeah. But it's just, it's just scary. So you guys really have to be mentally prepared, um, right. going into these places because it really can mess with you mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, you have, you just have to be prepared and I don't mind doing boarding cleaning, but I could never do this type of cleaning because I can barely get a vial of blood out before I feel like I'm going to pass out when the lady's drawing my blood. So I don't do well with the blood. We'll be back after a quick break. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Right. And and make sure that you don't need to be certified or do need to be certified. So in some areas, if you were to do a cleaning like this and you didn't dispose of the items properly, because it's all one-time use, whatever yeah. you're using to do a biohazard cleaning, crime scene or trauma, it's one time. It's like in a hospital emergency room. Everything is used one time and that's it. Um, so you have to dispose of it the right way. There's a biohazard fee. There's You have to make sure you're wearing gloves. I mean... Um, we all remember that when we had the Ebola scare, right? It was in on the East Coast and there was some person who had Ebola and they tried to contaminate her. And, you know, it's, so then it was the person, then it spread because she was living in one building and there was like section of condos side by side by side. And so then the person was like, the, the person who did the cleanup was like, yeah, I charged like a quarter million dollars. I'm like, I don't think a quarter million dollars is even worth it. <laughs> you could die, right? If you catch yeah. Ebola, you could die. I never want to have that conversation with sorry your person died because they didn't use the right ppb the right way or Mm -hmm. there's a whole like that's a whole when you have someone's life in your hands it brings it to a whole new level that you have to really be sure and firm that they know what they're doing that's where that (laughs) training and certificate certification comes into place Right. So being OSHA compliance, you know, what kind of training is in place? You know, a lot of these things that you do have to be trained in, you have to be certified. Um, like how long can you wear your suit for, right? How yep, many masks exactly. do you need? Do you, I, there's nothing worse than seeing someone do a biohazard clean. And then you see them as you're driving by at their car and they're eating lunch and they've pulled down the biohazard suit halfway so they can eat their lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine I'm like that you should have pulled that whole thing off you should have sprayed yourself down spray yourself <laughs> down <laughs> walk away from the whole area right it's just you're contaminating yourself so they they clearly were not trained they just didn't know what they were doing and someone hired them because they were cheap so make sure um what was the movie was it sunshine cleaning yes came out <laughs> I think it was the sunshine 
I, I think, think it was. was. I probably have it somewhere down upstairs, but it's it's a movie about two girls who are looking to make extra money and they go around doing these biohazard cleanings from people who die. And it's this, it's kind of funny. I was interested because it involves the cleaning industry. Exactly. But it um it, <laughs> they put a, a you know a humorous spin on it, but it was, you know. Come on now. <laughs> you guys have got to be prepared. Have the disinfectants, the cleaning agents. You guys need to have the biohazard waste containers. So just know that you guys have to have special containers for things. Right. Um, Equipment, like we talked about, the special equipment, you have to throw everything away. You know, you're going right. to have to have the trash bins, special trash bins for moving, like you said, all that stuff. And it has to um, go in a special coated bag. So when it goes to the facility, they know exactly that, that that's it especially if it's a facility that does multiple trash um, items. Yep. Um, and, and like when COVID happened, I was the only person in my area that was certified to deal with infectious diseases. And they asked me, they're like, so are you interested in doing these COVID cleans? I said, no, <laughs> I'm not. Like, nope. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy to train whoever. And and then I re, I got recertified because I was like, it's time to, uh, you know, ante up because I wanted to make sure that all of my crew at the time who were working for me understood what they were mm-hmm. dealing with. But I had a lot of people reach out and they're like, are you interested in doing this? I turned down thousands and thousands of dollars because I just wasn't interested in, in the prep involved and the emotional toll because people were so afraid of what was going on. So you have to decide, definitely. And then insurance too is a big thing. Your insurance is going to be a little bit different than you would a residential insurance totally. because you're you're handling a whole different aspect of stuff. So your insurance prices may be higher just because oh, a you're lot. going to have, yeah, a lot because you're going to be having a lot more type of insurance. And this all goes, all the things that Shannon and I are talking about also coincides with hoarding cleaning. You still mm-hmm. have to have the protection wear because you don't know what you're going to go into. You have to have you know, you don't know if you're going to run into needles. You don't know if you're going to run into dead animals. So a lot of the stuff that we're talking about right now also coincides with um, hoarding cleaning. Yes. Hoarding cleaning is um, you're you're dealing with entities who are still alive, who are not well. Yes. Um, unfortunately, they have spiraled down and there's a lot of reasons why people end up in their in the positions that they're in. Um, I saw one the other day. Um, and I reached out to her. I'm like, Hey, what did you end up charging for that? And she, it was that she did ended up doing, um, it was a small house. So it was kind of partial charity, partial because they helped out the family did, but it was a a mom or dad who, um, they didn't realize that mom or dad was faking it till you make it right. Mm -hmm. And, um, they walked in and it was, it was, it was bad. And she ended up charging $400, which is way, it wasn't even worth yeah, it's it, it should have been a five thousand dollar job. Um, there was another individual who I spoke to in one of the groups, and she did an emergency cleaning just for the bathroom, and it was bad too. You just it's it's hard. It's hard not to be emotional, and then there's this whole anger sentiment because how could they live that way? But they're not they're not there. They're not there. Like we are. So it's um it's it's sad and it's unfortunate, and it makes you want to have compassion. And we see, I mean, how many influencers are doing extreme cleanings for free for the, you know, advertisement revenue that they get on social media. So you have to decide whether you are comfortable with that element of the industry. It is a hard clean. Um, Sometimes these cleanings can take dozens and dozens and dozens, if not hours, hundreds of hours of labor to bring it back up. And even after you clean it up, there still isn't if they're not getting the help they need, it's going to go back. I worked, right. I did, I cleaned for a lady that was a hoarder and 
you know, no matter what I would work on with her, stuff would still come back. So until they are able to get help, it's going to keep going back that way. Um, and I think in other countries, it's even worse because they just don't put, they don't get them help. They just continue to let them live. And then they send someone in to clean mm-hmm. like once a year or every six months. Yeah. And it's bad. It's and it and it, a lot of it is blamed on our immediacy with Amazon. We can shop off of Amazon, have it delivered to our house. I've seen a lot of hoarding happen that way. Yeah. And um, the fast food industry, and I'm not capping on the fast food or whatever you decide you want to eat, but it it's so convenient. That's what you see. You see usually diapers and convenient food packaging. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, cars are filled with it. There's so there's mm-hmm. people that have hoarding in their cars, you know, and again, that's where another type of cleaning that we can go into, you know, is like just briefly touch on it is the detailing of the car, cleaning the cars out. So really know what you guys want to dig your, you know, tip your toes in. Um, we always say start with residential cleaning until you can get the fill of it and then possibly going on to that. Um, some of the the things that I pulled up was marketing. So if you do want to market and do want to um, get clients, establish relationships, you guys, with uh, corners and funeral homes and just property management companies. Um, you know, because getting your name out that way is a great way because then they'll they'll come to you for your services. Right. Um, I believe we website. have one person in the group who does just funeral homes himself. Oh, wow. Um, and then that's a whole, we could talk about that. As we get closer to Halloween, we should totally do haunted house cleanings. Oh, and, yeah. Um, funeral cleanings. And there was another one um, that was really popular. And it's always fun at that time of year to talk about those things because I have some we have older homes here that are from the 1800s and I've had girls freak out because we have a, a one row of houses that's been here for 200 years. Right. And there are, there's a couple houses that are haunted and it's just interesting commercial buildings. And they were like, you know, and they're like, make it stop. I'm like, I have no control over. Yeah. We'll have to do that. We'll have to look at our <laughs> schedule and see. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Definitely. Lots of stories to tell on that one. But yeah, make sure that you are comfortable. If you do take on a hoarding situation, make sure you are very clear on what you are going to clean. Sometimes it's in a, um, and there are steps to a hoarding clean. You have to do all the trash first, then you gather all the laundry. I always recommend doing them in teams of three, because if you send one person in there, they're going to have a full on meltdown, not something you want to overwhelming. Yeah. Have a system put in place. Definitely. And not a brand new person. Do not put and traumatize a brand new cleaning person <laughs> do it. by taking Don't them do it, on a <laughs> We're going to go do this today. <laughs> they will have a meltdown and leave. And then <laughs> Don't throw them in the water to make them sink. Right. So um, make sure you don't need a special license. Make sure you have enough insurance um, for that. Um, and then... Kim definitely talked about the marketing and acquisition of those and there's a price point. So please, unless you're doing it for charity or you're doing it for likes on social media, you know, hoarding cleaning should start roughly around a thousand dollars and go up from there. And that should be the base price for any hoarding yeah. situation. There's Wait, def- say that again, Shannon, so everybody can hear you. Sure. It's um, hoarding fee- fees should start around $1,000. That means $1, that you, you guys. are going to get a $1,000 deposit before you start the job. You guys all hear me mm-hmm. preach on my soapbox about getting deposits for one-time cleanings. Yeah. You're going to sign a contract and then you're going to bullet point what you are going to clean and how many days you think it's going to take. 
Um, and, and you'll have people, um, I had it happen. I believe it was last month. Dad died up here and they came in from Los Angeles and wanted, and they needed, um, an ozone machine and they needed all these things done. Cause he'd passed away inside the home. I'm like, ozone machines take three days. Yep. I, I can't make an ozone machine go any faster. And I go, and you can't be in the home cleaning because you could die. And she goes, she didn't, she wasn't connecting the dots about how the ozone machine was dangerous and that she couldn't be in there cleaning when the ozone machine was on. I go, because it removes the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, she wasn't connecting the dots and I had to explain to her three times. So she finally got irritated with me and hung up the phone. And then she called me four days later and she goes, well, um, you know, I'm interested in having it. And I was like, sorry, my schedule's full. Yep. And that's so thousand dollars cool. down you guys. Yeah. It, but people choke over that price. I'm like, there's usually 10 years of stuff that you are trying to catch up on. <laughs> they don't know the depth of it because they're not experienced in it. And when you're experienced in it, you know, the amount of work and time and process that goes through that. And you know, mm -hmm. the certifications that you have to get and the money you spend for training. Right. So that money that you have to make has to go back into that. And it's going to go back into the training. So when you do have people that want to work for you, that want to do this industry, you have to train them. So right. there's training time. And that's going to take way longer, you guys, than residential cleaning, just FYI. It takes a special type of person to be able to do a hoarding cleaning. And I do, like I said, I recommend a team of three so that you can kind of, you know, I'm not in this alone. I'm not in this alone. I'm not in this alone. Breaks, lots of breaks. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then there's a, there's, you, there's management that's involved because people can even seasoned professionals like him and myself, it, it, there's a mental capacity that you have to have, and then you have to take a break. Um, yep. We did one last year with a woman who drank the entire time. And then I had to call the police. It was a really ugly situation. But um, we removed like 67 bags of trash in a two-bedroom, two-bath condo. And the guy was arguing with me over price. I go, we just removed 67 bags of trash from your girlfriend's house. <laughs> I go, there's 110 loads of laundry that still need to be washed. I go, and we won't get to it. So it's, people have issues, right? So I ended up getting paid because she was already on the police Um the Prescott police officer's radar because she'd had other episodes with whatever's going on in her life and she still hadn't seek, seeked help. And I felt really bad. Um, but it kind of put me on the spot too. And I'm like, no, you're, you're going to pay me. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, all these, like a majority of the ones I'd say for the commercial and for definitely biohazard cleaning, you guys do need, it's an investment, it's training, it's equipment, mm -hmm regular because I was thinking about too for the commercial cleaning before we have to finish up I was saying about with the residential one do they want you to wax their floors you know Dina floor waxing machines so just remember that you guys need it's an investment it's something you know that you can do um biohazard cleaning jobs like you said for Shannon and I it's we're seasoned it is emotional it is just it can pull you and just drain you so um, be ready for, for that. Um, but it's also rewarding knowing mm -hmm. that you're helping these people. And then it's also financially rewarding when you do see that money. Right. So please make sure you charge accordingly and, um, don't take on something you are not comfortable with. There was someone, I don't remember who it was who, um, took on a deeper cleaning and the woman left like 30, 30, I think sinkfuls of like every dish in the house was dirty and she left it so long that there were maggots and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 I'm trying not to gag myself right now, but 
it when if you're not comfortable doing that, say I'm really sorry, I can't do these dishes. I can do everything else, but this the dish thing pushes me over. And, and just let them know. Um, because it everybody has a trigger point. And you know, her trigger point was the maggots on the dishes. That's it, it would probably be mine too. <laughs> and if you have another employee, if you have employees, maybe there's an employee that does that doesn't phase them. Have right. them do that. So really like when you do have employees, really have them like lay out, okay, well, what job do you feel comfortable doing? What do you feel comfortable mm-hmm. doing? Because each person is each going to have a gift to focus on something that maybe the other person can't. Right. So. Yeah. We pulled apart that refrigerator and oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I've seen some nasty, oh, I've cleaned some nasty refrigerators. So, um, Shannon and I appreciate you guys so much. I don't think you guys know how much we appreciate you. We are excited for all the downloads that are happening. We're growing. Like I love seeing all the downloads and people sharing. So if you see people on the cleaning groups, you guys asking questions and you know that there's a podcast that we've done that Shannon and I've done, um, me, Kimberly, um, feel free to like, you know, share our podcast in there so they can listen to it because I feel the more information that we can get out, we're actually helping these people and you guys are helping them. Um, right. So we appreciate you guys, obviously, subscribing, downloading, um, and then supporting our businesses, supporting Shannon's business, you know, helping her, you know, making sure that you guys are coming to her for your business coaching. And obviously for my products, I really, you guys, I really appreciate it. It means everything for both of us. Definitely. And yes, thank you. And hopefully we covered <clears throat> the broad spectrum of commercial cleaning. I mean, we could talk about it for days. It literally is such an expansive <laughs> thing. We're trying to keep it under, we're trying to keep this under an hour. And then next yes. week, what are we focusing on, Shannon? Um, I believe I have to actually cheat. S-T- oh, STR and post-construction cleaning. Yes. So short-term rentals. If you um, are interested in picking up short, um, STR, short-term rentals, there is a price point. There's certain do's and don'ts. Um, there's a payment structure and then post-construction cleaning. My forte has been um, single dwelling, but I have done larger projects um, in segments. So I've done um, a 350 unit condo. I've done another large building that was 110,000 square feet. We did from floor to ceiling. Um, I've done a lot of um, those types of projects, but um, mostly if I'm going to pick up a post-construction cleaning my favorite is the single dwelling because that's where the most of the money is. You yep. can make a lot of money off the larger projects, but it's a, it's a lot of work. You have to be on site and then there's segment pay points and then there's all of the stuff that has to happen. So it can be lucrative, but you have to be much more tenacious. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I will say probably residential and I would say, I don't know, I'd say probably post-construction was probably one of my favorites. That was one of my it's, things that I really enjoyed tedious, doing. But um, it is I rewarding. I like the detail. Yes. <laughs> So we'll be talking about that next week, you guys. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. Guys, have a Cleaning Business Life is sponsored by Pure Evergreen Cleaning Products. That's P-U-R-E-V-E-R-G-R-E-E-N dot com. Pure Evergreen Cleaning Products.